it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode one of The Pursuit. My name is Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches for the IWU men's basketball team. It's been a fun ride over the past five years, as the program has averaged almost 32 wins per season and won three of the past five NAI Division II national championships. But what's happened has been much deeper than trophies or awards. The program's been built on what we call the I Am Third philosophy of putting God first, others second, and ourselves third. The mission of this program is to raise men to trade the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. And along the way, we've seen God write some amazing stories, both in the individual lives of the men in our program and in the program itself. We're releasing this podcast to share some of those stories. Each episode, we're going to be interviewing players, coaches, and others involved with our program to take you inside the locker room to learn what makes our program tick. You'll go inside the minds of players and coaches in key moments of the season, both on and off the court. The season might finish with a national championship, but you're going to hear that it wasn't a straight line to the top. Some amazing stories are going to be told along the way, and we're going to touch on all kinds of topics like vision, leadership, joy, humility, and a lot of adversity. Our hope is to give you some perspective you might not be able to find in other places. Each episode will have two segments of interviews. The first half will typically feature a player, highlighting a specific moment or time during the season. The second half will be reserved for a follow-up interview, often with Coach Tonegal, to go in more depth or detail on that specific topic. Over the course of 11 weeks, we will release an episode every Monday and Thursday to tell the story of how this year's team won a national championship along the way of their pursuit of an I Am Third life. We will also leave room for some Q&A for any player or coach, so please hashtag AskIWHoops with any questions or comments. Our first episode is going to feature Coach Tonegal in both interview segments. Of all the reasons I encourage you to follow along over the next few months, the one I am most excited about is for you to be pushed to grow from Coach T. In the past 13 seasons, he has guided IW Hoops to heights rarely seen at any level of college basketball. His resume speaks for itself as he has won National Coach of the Year awards four times and is the active leader in all of college basketball in winning percentage. But having lived and worked alongside the man for 12 years, I can promise you that he's a better man than he is a coach. Leaders from all walks of life will be stretched and challenged as you hear Coach share his philosophy and insights on this and future episodes. Today, we're going to talk about vision. I've never been around anyone who could seek and speak vision with such clarity and authority as Coach Tonegal. In the first half, we're going to hear about the overall vision of the program, where it started, and how it has developed. In the second half, Coach T will hone in on this year and share how he seeks vision for each new season. I've learned so much from him in this area over the years, so I know you will be pushed to think in new ways as you listen in. We're joined now by head coach Greg Tonegal. Coach, there's a lot of talk now about I Am Third, and we're going to be discussing this a lot throughout the pursuit. Can you take us back 13 years when you're named head coach at the age of 24? 
What were you thinking as you went about building the foundation of this program? Yeah, I remember um, kind of turning that corner from the announcement of being a head coach and then the next day realizing like, oh man, I'm 24 and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I had a bunch of guys who weren't that much younger than me. I mean, I had a couple 22 year olds on the team and looking at me for guidance. And, you know, I just went back to an experience I had um, that was so unique at the time for me. It was Canicut Christian Sports Camp, which, which had become now a pretty big part of our program. But at that time, uh, it was just a couple years before that I had worked camp for the first time. And I got in this environment and culture, and I was just blown away. Um, it, it kind of took two things that I had always seen as separate, and they were able to find, a, the, I think, the perfect combination. It was a competitive sports culture, but then it was a high-level um, culture of discipleship. And it combined the both in such a unique way that just blew my mind. It, it was unlike any sports culture I had been at. And I walked away from that summer having grown as a leader and grown as a person um, in so many ways. And come to know now, and, and, and you're obviously familiar with Canacook, but they've built their camp on, on the I'm Third principle, which on the outset just says God first, you know, other second, myself third. But as we're learning and as we've journeyed, you know, through coaching and through life and, and in relationship, man, that's so much deeper than that. And uh, obviously it's, it's shaped us in a way that we never thought it would. Something you say a lot to the guys is if you want to be first, first find a way to be third. And I remember after your second year, we won 30 games and went to the Elite Eight. And there was a conversation we had and we said, we might never be part of a team that wins 30 games again. <laughs> now you fast forward 12, 13 years three national titles, multiple 30-win seasons, and this I Am Third philosophy has been a big driver of that. How's it evolved over time? Yeah, so that statement you made, you know, it really starts out with a question that I think all of us can identify with. If you want to be first, I mean, who doesn't want to be first? Who, who doesn't have a desire to, to be first in all they do, but, but just in life? I mean, who doesn't want affirmation? Who doesn't want to be affirmed and I think it's natural for us to to want to be first, and and really, as we've talked about, the I think the the weight of the world or the trajectory of the world really has a pull towards self orientation, and it's a pull towards the focus on me. And there's a lot of gravity towards that. And and what we find out is the more I focus in on myself, and the more I the more I turn inward, the more miserable of a person I become, and and the less valuable I become for teams and organizations, and. I am third flips that entire script and it says we're going to focus less on me and we're going to focus on God first and, and others second. And, and when we reverse that weight of the world and we begin to live I am third, I think it opens up doors for, for so many things. Personal happiness is one, but as we've seen throughout the program, it opens the door for, for team success. Something we've talked a lot about is how I am third at some point moved from a catchy slogan to a way of life. What can you talk about practically? What does that look like? Take a group of 18 to 22-year-old young men. They're all driven for success. How do we create a culture of I am third on a team? Yeah, I mean, that's, there's no specific recipe, as I think we found out, but, but there, are, there are certain things that, that we, we aim for in that. And, and I think the I am third ultimately produces greatness. I think it produces greatness inside of individuals, inside of organizations, in, inside of teams which is the exact opposite as we talked about the, the pull of me, which I think just distorts that greatness and that opportunity. So to take a bunch of young men, especially at the age of 18, who 
have such a, um, a self-orientation, and I don't blame them because that, that's the way our world is set up. But they walk in our locker room and they say, okay, this is about me and what's in it for me and, and how does this pertain to my own interest? And to begin to say, let's, let's just flip that. Let's redirect that. Let's turn your attention off yourself and first connect you to God because he's obviously the source of all life. But then as he does that, have him change your heart towards other people. And as you begin to look outward and begin to focus in on the success of other people, it's very satisfying. It's very rewarding. But the unique thing is on a team, there's 13, 14 other individuals who are doing the same. So now you have 14 people looking at you, trying to make you successful every single day, trying to help you grow. That's a very powerful thing that I, that, that I believe everybody in the room benefits from. We say the mission of this program is to, to raise leaders who trade the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. And we see it throughout the entire program. It's part of the reason for this podcast is so people can go inside that pursuit over the course of a season and see some of the unique things we may do as a team, whether it's an experience or how we design an offense. Everything is structured around this concept. Maybe the, the best thing for some of our listeners to hear is that some specific stories of how that's played out, either with a team or with individual. Yeah, I don't think people realize the the damage that that a me first life produces. And I think basketball is a lab for us, right? I mean, if if we don't do it well, we're going to lose games and, and we're not going to be as successful. Which, as as unsatisfying or disappointing as that seems, it's only a little bit uh, a little picture of what could happen later on in life as our guys go become married, have families and jobs. So what we're trying to do now is use this as an opportunity to, to prepare them for moments that really matter when, when their wife needs them to turn uh, away from this inwardness and turn outward. And uh, I think over the years, I mean, that's probably one of the most rewarding parts of coaching is seeing and hearing and experiencing stories with our guys and being excited for them to take that next step and become I am third men. Uh, one of them that comes to mind is Aaron Murray. And it's, it's one of my favorite stories because Aaron was such a hard worker for our program. He did all the little things. He, he brought his, his lunch pail to work every single day, but he never quite got as much playing time as, as some of the other guys, and, and maybe he should have gotten more, but he was always ready, and i got to give him a lot of credit for that. Well, we're out at the national tournament, and our tournament's five games in six days, and so you extend the bench a little bit. And so we gave him his first opportunity early on in the tournament. He played really well. In fact, I think he had a season high that game, and so he earned more minutes the next game, and it – we played him again, and he kept producing, and uh, he was ready at the right moment. And, and this kind of continued into the national championship game. So we're on the, the biggest stage of our season, and we put him in again, which we probably wouldn't have um, unless he had been playing so well. And he's in there for, I don't know, a total of like seven seconds, and all of a sudden he tugs on his jersey. Well, it was a big moment, and I didn't have time to, to ask him why or discuss, so I got him out of there and didn't think much of it. But when he was in there, he had an offensive rebound put back, and uh, I believe he had a, another another rebound. So you talk about production for, for that amount of time. Well, the game obviously unfolds, and we win by one possession, and anything can happen in a one-possession game. I mean, it could have gone either way. And we're on the bus kind of reliving each moment, and I, I, it hit me like, why did Aaron pull himself out of the game? So I pull him up in front of the bus, and I was like, Aaron, you played seven seconds. You know, I know you weren't tired. Why did you pull yourself out of the game? And he reminded me in that moment that there was a free throw situation. The other team had subbed and gone small, and Aaron was, was 6'10". And Aaron just said that wasn't the best situation for our team to be in. And I knew at that moment that there was somebody on the bench could do a better job than me, and 
I just was blown away by his response the more I think about it because this is a big stage. He had earned that moment. He had been playing well, but all he cared about was the team at that moment. He didn't turn inward and he turned outward. And what was the result? It was a national championship that won by one possession. And uh, I'll always remember that of, of what it means to, to, to live I am third. And the cool thing about Aaron is we know he's doing that in so many other facets and area of his, areas of his life right now. One of the things I love remembering that story is just the way built up in Aaron's life over time. So I, I think of four years, every single moment that he played in a game, he would come up to our offices and want to watch it on film. We never asked him to do it. The day after a game, he'd be up there every day watching film because he wanted to get better. And I know there was a moment, this was the first year he was graduated. We're in September, October, and we're noticing our locker room is a little more dirty than it's been in the past. Well, we realized Aaron would do the dishes every day. He'd do the laundry without being asked. And there were so many little things that he did because it's who he became. And his freshman year, he wasn't that way necessarily. He was struggling with some things, but he just pursued growth over time. And that's how his career ended. It was pretty special to watch. What, what do you think it does? A group of 14 guys, if all of them start to live that way and buy into that way, what does that do to lift the entire team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think your, your point about Aaron, it reminds me that growth is – it's kind of like a brick by brick moment, you know. I mean, I wish I could say, "Hey, we get him in. We have one preseason meeting. We tell him, hey, 'Hey, let's be third. and all of a sudden we've we've changed this trajectory that has happened for 18 years." Well, unfortunately, life doesn't work like that. It's it's moment by moment, and I know you talk a lot about trajectories, and it's about reminding ourselves where are we headed, who are we becoming as a team, and I think. For some guys, this happens right away, and to be honest, some guys it takes a while, and there's pain, there's adversity. But when it does click and when that moment happens, it's real and, and it's it's just amazing to see it happen. And not everybody, like I said, happens at the same time on the same page, but it happens uh, as a progression. And, and I think part of our job as coaches is to remind guys as it's happening, because sometimes you can't see it, right? When you're in the, the middle of a, uh, a battle or you're in, the, in a tough season of life, you just think, and I can't even see uh, five feet in front of me. And it takes a leader, it takes a coach to step in there and say, hey, I see this happening. I see God moving in this way. I see your life changing in this way. And uh, Aaron was certainly a guy that did that. So we're at a Christian school. This is encouraged in this environment. But if you take this concept of I am third, do you think it's translatable to other cultures, organizations, businesses? Is this something that can work other places? Man, I, I think it's, it's just ripe for the market. I think it's ripe for culture. Because our culture wants greatness. I mean, every culture is looking to be successful. Every organization wants to, to, to be known and defined by success. And I think I Am Third produces success. And, and the other thing I think I Am Third does is there's a differentiation factor with I Am Third. There's something unique, something different. I mean, people have said that to us over and over. You know, there's something different about your guys. When they've seen us play, they, they recognize, man, there, there's just something unique. It, it, it taste it smells it, it looks different and if you can set yourself apart in a culture where everybody looks the same and everybody's doing the same thing I think you've got something that people want to be a part of that's that's the interesting thing I think that maybe gets overlooked so 13 years ago we had to beg some guys to come to this program if you remember and now we're getting interest from elite level recruits because they they, they sense something different that they want to be a part of they know it's not easy but at the same time they, they want to be a part of this this culture and so what, had, what I thought maybe was a stumbling block um, 13 years ago has probably become our greatest recruiting tool now. Young men who want to become great and do it through the means of I Am Third. One of the most enjoyable parts about this, the whole I Am Third philosophy, is we find new things about it every single year, new depths. And when we come back for half two, 
we're going to talk about that. What is specifically did I am third look like this season? How do you as a leader go about seeking that? We'll talk about that when we come back. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I am third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back with Coach Greg Tonegal talking about I am third and seeking vision as a leader. Something I've seen year in and year out is God just takes us to new places and new depths of I am third every single season. And a lot of times it starts with a, a vision that he lays on you as the leader's heart. Every year as you, as you come off a season, how do you go about seeking that vision as the next year's coming? Yeah, I think obviously vision and leadership is one of the most important traits you can have. And I kind of I liken it to um, the ability of a great passer. I grew up loving passers, guys who could make incredible plays. So I was fortunate enough, I got to see the tail end of Larry Bird's career. John Stockton was my favorite player. I saw Magic Johnson. And there's something about those guys. You know, you'd be watching those guys, and they'd make a spectacular play, and you would say, well, how did they see that? Because the rest of us, we didn't see it happening. But they knew something that we didn't know, and they, in fact, had some insight into, into how that play was going to develop. So I think it's more about insight than it, than it is actually about sight. And I think so it is in leadership, especially spiritual leadership. It's what kind of insight do I have into my people um, that maybe others don't? And how can I then translate that into something that motivates them and, and calls them to something that's, that's greater than what they are currently experiencing? We'll rewind back to last April. We're coming off a Final Four appearance. We've got a new team, a lot of new guys coming in. What developed over time to, to place vision on your heart for this year? Well, I, th- I think um, obviously growth most likely occurs after maybe some adversity and some difficult times. And I think we had, we had went through a season that was difficult for us, um, both on and off the court. And, and so we were searching and, and we were looking. And, you know, you think about it as a kid, and, and now we both got kids. And when a kid starts complaining about his knee, it most likely a growth spurt is about ready to happen. So as frustrated as we were, we were anticipating something greater. And what we were dealing with was apathy. And I remember in, in one of my classes, in my seminary class, I just decided to do a research paper on how do, you, how do you disciple through apathy and lead through apathy. And one of the first things I found out was apathy is as common and as old as, as anything in the Bible. I mean, God's people went through waves of apathy where they just weren't hungry and they didn't care about the things of God. The world was satisfying them temporarily for whatever reason. And so we began to look at that and just say, okay, how do we lead this team and this program out of apathy? Because this is not who we are. We, this is a small season of ours we found ourselves in. And through prayer, through study, through community, we saw this pattern of, of successful people that started with hunger, continued with habits, and then uh, finished in humility. 
And we started to look at even successful organizations and cultures, and like they all they had all three of those um, qualities that they were hungry for something, whether it was success or whether it was to do something for somebody else. And they had very developed habits, which were their disciplines. But then it wasn't about them at the end of the day. You know, they leveraged it for the sake of other people, which is how we be, how we've come to define humility in this program. So you start to get this sense that hunger, habits, humility should be a theme for the year. That it's something we need to start pursuing and growing in. What's the next step? You have this vision. How do you infuse it amongst the team? Yeah, that that's the challenge because um, I think, and it's also the blessing in coaching is that we jump in and we grow with our guys. So I think the first first meeting was this is what we sense God speaking: hunger, habits, and humility. We don't have any of the all the answers. In fact, we don't have many of them. But let's go on a journey together and let's let's seek this out. And and by doing that, I think we empowered our guys. We brought them into the fold, and uh, we just focused on it every day. You know, we'd walk into weights and we'd say, "What did you read? What did you pray? What did you hear this week, yesterday, that speaks to hunger, habits, and humility?" And collectively, guys were bringing stuff. Guys were growing, and it began to form a little bit of momentum as we headed into June. Our next episode, we're going to bring in Jacob Johnson and Ben Carlson, our two seniors, and they're going to talk about how they were processing this and what they did as leaders. I know for me, as I watch this unfold and as as I've been a part of it, we see these themes play out. And I think people that listen are going to see I am third and hunger, habits, humility, and see how they come to life over the course of the year and result in a national championship. But it's not a straight line to the top. There's ups and downs along the way. When we face those times of adversity during the season, how do you stay locked into that vision when it feels like things aren't working? Yeah, that's tough for me because I'm, I'm a little emotional and I like to ride those waves. Um, and it's interesting how, how what God has taught us over the years because fearless came early on in our careers and fearless was a big part of this. I think letting go of fear of failure, recognizing the place that failure has in our lives to grow us um, was a big game changer where I used to want to avoid all failure, now actually welcome failure in, in, in small quantities and capacity, but, but in failure realizing, okay, we are becoming a team that we wouldn't become if we weren't going through this. I mean, we can look back right now and say, okay, month of January, we have a three-game losing streak, a couple really bad losses, and at the time, it just felt like, man, I'm not sure we're going to compete in this conference or even have a chance to make the national tournament. But looking back now, we'd say, we wouldn't have won the national tournament without that. It, it did something about forging our guys. It forged us together in a locker room. It really drove out some bad habits, and ultimately it played a big part in our success. That's such good insight, and hopefully something listeners remember as they listen in future interviews. Vision isn't as simple as a leader coming up with a catchy theme or slogan. A coach or leader can articulate vision in a powerful way, but that doesn't mean the execution of it's going to be perfect. There's going to be bumps and bruises along the way, and we're going to hear stories filled with moments of doubt, fear, and insecurity in our players and our staff. But each time we get up and pursue growth in the areas of hunger, habits, and humility. We look forward to letting you join in on this pursuit and watching how it unfolds on our team in upcoming episodes. Next time, we're going to be joined by Ben Carlson and Jacob Johnson. They're going to share how the vision was passed on to them and what they did with it as seniors to start to lead the younger guys. The way I grew the most um, this year was pursuing being well-respected more than being well-liked. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that was really hard for me in my four years. I just want to be liked by everyone. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to seek doing what is right before I, I seek being liked. And I think that really 
um, shaped who I became this year. Time and time again, we're going to hear about Ben and Jacob and from Ben and Jacob about how that played out throughout the season. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.